I guess that's the uh, question we'll ask Everett Millman. He's joining us this morning. He's these metal specialists at Gainesville Coins. And, well, Everett, it's good to have you with us. I remember last time on, uh, last month, you were talking about the possibility of some short-term declines in gold. We did dip down to 1618 into the beginning of November. This week, to within 10 bucks of that $1,800 level, do you see further gains from here? Oh, thank, good morning. Thanks for having me back on, Ben. I do think <clears throat> I do think that in the short term, the there is still some of that downward pressure, as you mentioned. We really haven't seen great follow through. It's mainly been a sideways churn. Um, but the current levels that gold has been testing uh, have been strong resistance for the past six months or so, um, right around 1780. And then every time we've tested 1800, gold has failed recently. But I think when you when you look at kind of the range that we're stuck in between. Gold going back to the second half of 2020, um, when its rally, this new bull market really started, uh, we've had a pretty strong uh, support floor around these levels in the mid 1700s. Yeah. Now that we've you know gotten back below them recently, it is interesting that that seems to be right where gold wants to park. Uh, that we are above 1700. If we were to fall below it, I think it's sort of uh, look out below because most of what is driving gold, as you mentioned, are really fundamental drivers. The fact that the dollar has gotten a lot softer of late. Uh, the fact that we have had geopolitical tensions, not just with Russia, but that also includes things like elections. So we just had the midterms here. Um, we had a pretty contentious election in Brazil. There's the uh, new leadership in the UK. And then of course we have two more years of another election cycle here in the US and Canada. I think all of that gives gold some fundamental drivers to, to be bullish about, but the technicals are telling us that we're probably gonna be stuck in between this 1700 to 1800 range um, going into 2023. Everett, what are you seeing in terms of demand for the physical? Well, that's an interesting dynamic because it is really, it's through the roof, Ben, to huh. be completely frank with you. Um, on the retail side, anytime the price of gold dips, we tend to see a lot of dip buying, a lot of people coming in um, and trying to take advantage of the low entry point. Uh, at the same time, large institutions like central banks have seen some of their highest gold buying of the past 40 years. Uh, so even though that is not the main driver that uh, that kind of dictates what the price action is going to be in futures, it's still a fundamental that investors and traders should be looking at when they're trying to get a sense of directionally where is gold probably headed over the, the next year into the next economic cycle if we do indeed have recessionary conditions. Talk to us a little bit about what we're seeing in terms of silver recently recovered to levels uh, we hadn't seen since this summer. Yes, I think it's quite encouraging that silver is back above that $21 level, um, trying to take out 22. It's sort of similar uh, advice, I would say, applies to silver as to gold. In the short term, we could see uh, a pretty quick dip back down to that 18, below 19 levels, um, partly because we've seen such a swift rally over the past two weeks. Uh, that is a bit concerning, but again, similar story on the actual supply side in terms of physical demand. Um, we continue to see these shortages of physical silver, at least for investment purposes. Um, there's been major imports of silver into India this year. And at the same time, the solar industry continues to be gobbling up a lot of the uh, industrial supply, a lot of the inventories that are available. 
So fundamentally, all of those things do point to a, a pretty bullish outlook for silver. But directionally, we have seen that uh, the, these rallies can be followed up by a swift, uh, you know, kind of takedown back to those lower levels due either to profit taking or, of course, uh, short covering. Everett, talk to us a little bit about the uh, FTX ripple effect that we're seeing and the impact that's had on metals. There's obviously a lot to say there. I think with regard to metals, really the one, the only dynamic that I see going on there is creating fear, uncertainty, and doubt that drives uh, investors into safer assets, into safe havens like gold. But of course, I think the the main kind of thrust of the narrative with FTX is that oh, this has something to do particularly with the crypto market. Um, obviously, it's one of a string of several failures we've seen this year with uh, uh, Three Arrows Capital, Voyager, Lunaterra. So obviously, there are reasons to be concerned about crypto as a sector. But I think we'd be drawing the wrong lessons from the FTX debacle if this is purely seen as a, as a problem with crypto. Um, obviously, regulators have to have uh, some some sort of uh, better mechanism here to for oversight, but again, much of what FDX was doing, all of the crazy character uh, defects of their founders notwithstanding, much of what they were doing is really just traditional fraud. Uh, as boring as that sounds, it's more of a problem of this being such a new space and there being mm -hmm. bad actors um, rather than it being something particular to the cryptocurrency market. Uh, you know, I think that's just important for us to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it's never a good sign when one of the leading uh, of voices in an industry is being compared to Charles Ponzi and Bernie Madoff. Mm -hmm. But again, when you look at TradFi and traditional finance, we've had, you know, every so often we have an episode of like Theranos or like Enron. I think that's more akin to what has gone on with FTX, that this is just good old fashioned, you know, bad risk management. Um, and I just fear that this, the narrative will probably drive regulators into taking more of a heavy-handed approach with crypto, um, when what is really needed is just some reasonable, sensible regulation that keeps the United States competitive in terms of uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. A heavy hand to say the least here. I want to pull this chart real quick again because as you were uh, bringing those points to our attention, I was noticing your very similar pattern. Well, mirror image of what we were just talking about as far as gold to the upside, dollar lower, right? This is very similar. We get those high conviction moves to the downside, sideways consolidation this week. Again, a, or last week, a recent breakout to the downside and a little bit more overlapping and rotational now than that high conviction, lower lows and lower highs. Talk to us a little bit, uh, uh, Everett. We started off the show talking about crude to below 81 on some demand concerns. Uh, how's copper faring this week? Well, we did have that uh, simultaneously with the other metals. We had a recent run-up where copper was um, looking like it was getting close to challenging and testing that resistance at $4 a pound again. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we need to pay attention to is that copper is going to be fairly sensitive to any recessionary winds that are blowing. Um, we did see that the um, the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index printed mm -hmm. a negative 19 mm -hmm. this week. Housing starts were down 4%. So some of the broader economic indicators are not looking great for copper. Uh, so I think that really this is less of a fundamental story and probably uh, is going to follow whatever the rest of the commodity sector is doing. As you pointed out with crude oil, I think there's been a lot of directional volatility there. Um, and we will probably see a similar pattern play out in copper. 
copper this week. We're looking at uh, from almost $4, as you mentioned, down to three sixty-five. Just checking in on where things stand in terms of the bigger picture because we had a very similar rejection to the upside at $5 earlier this spring, as we saw recently this summer, around $3. So here you can see, uh, again, that spike up, taking out the range that we'd been in basically after coming off those lows. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it fares right around this 367 levels we're trading now. 370, it looks like, those highs that we saw back in the end of August. Everett, a great breakdown here. It's a pleasure to have you back to the show, talk metals, and have a great weekend. Happy Friday to you. Everett Millman's the metal specialist at Gainesville Coins.